Hello everyone and welcome back to the Crafty Crew podcast. This is episode 7. My name is Kinger. I'm joined by Mark. Hello. Nally. Well. And Walshie. Hello. I didn't mess up the intro. That's the most important part of this episode for me this week. <laughs> uh, it's double IPAs this week, which I am massively excited about because I think it's my favourite style of beer ever. Oh, full claim. Yeah. Double strength beer for a double strength man, Kinger. Uh, thanks <laughs> thanks very much uh, we were discussing really quickly before I think Kenny Gar's Thumper is probably one that people might know a lot about or have had before yeah it's probably the, more, the one that's uh, been mentioned the most yeah I think that's the one uh, we mentioned there recently as well on the from the, the awards the, the craft beer awards that were given out recently you were saying I think got third yes. at the time for this year so I think that's yeah. a good enough one people might have had a go of it it's one of those genres of craft beer that would like back to our sours in episode two. It's it's a niche genre in a niche genre, so it's very hard to describe an actual standard that everyone will know. But uh, yeah, any any craft beer aficionados out there, if you haven't tried Thumper, you're not an aficionado. So well, yeah, it's 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 a fantastic beer. To be fair, uh, Nally, hit us with some facts. Uh, yeah, so double IPAs are. They're the same base essentially as your regular IPAs. Um, they're, you know, it's a clean tends to be a clean malt build, so there's not a whole load going on with malt, um, and they're very hop heavy. So what they do is they tend to, because they're double IPAs, they're they're in the range of about seven point four, seven point five up to ten percent ABV. And what happens is they, to increase the ABV, you either increase your malt build, so, you know, your pale malt or, you know, base malts. You can increase the amount of that because that leaves you with more fermentable sugars or in some cases what they do is just throw in some extra sugar some extra fermentable sugar and it's all eaten by the yeast and converted into alcohol and with double ipas what what it is is they're very very hop heavy so it's what gives them that big flavor so they tend to have a bitter bitterness unit of kind of anywhere from about 60 up to 120 140 kind of a range so they're quite bitter beers um, one of the one of the one of the most famous ones that uh, have been out there is a, a beer that's won heaps of awards. It's a uh, Russian River Brewing Company, and it's um, they're based in California, and it's a beer called Pliny the Elder. And I have not been fortunate enough to try it, so if anyone knows where I can get my hands on some, that would be sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, up. we're all down for that. Um, but yes, yeah, so double IPAs. The reason they get their their name is you know their higher alcohol percentage. They're not they're not double, obviously. Some of them go big, you know, up to ten percent. So a couple of your IPAs are around four and a half, five percent. So they they can be, but um, but it is it's they're double IPAs. So people people reckon that it comes from, so you know with stouts, there's imperial stouts. So they're um they're imperial stouts that so are higher percentage stouts. They're um. Yeah, they're just higher percentage stouts. And they reckon the Imperial IPA is another name for the IPAs. And some people say that the the double IPA is because if you type out or if you write down Imperial IPA, it's IIPA. So it's double IPA. One of the players, one of the things I've heard for the name of them. Nally, that's a a mindfucked status uh, front page (laughs) of Reddit worthy right there. Double IPA. It's not for double... IPA, it's the it's IIPA. Yeah, no, it's uh, wow, hard hitting facts over here. <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna come in on your harder hitting fact with a slightly softer hitting fact. 
a um, little bit of history here. So, you know, you hear Imperial with Stout, you hear Imperial with IPA, and you kind of think, ah, it's probably something to do with the English monarchy or whatever. IPAs are an English beer, transported to India, must be British Empire. It's actually not. So Imperial comes from Stouts, okay? 1700 Stouts, really strong Stouts. They were brewed and sent to an Imperial court, but it wasn't England. It was Catherine the Great of Russia. So that's where the term Imperial came from. They were brewing these really hearty stouts out in Russia somewhere, sending them up to Catherine to have a great time. And because it was, you know, monarchy, empire, whatever, they called them Imperial. But at the same time, we can't take too much joy from that because Catherine the Great's great, 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 great grandson is Prince Charles, which is, is going to be the next King of England, maybe. Or add another great to that and you got Prince William and Prince Harry. So it's come full circle. Something that appeared to be British Empire initially wasn't, but now it's coming around and it kind of is now. So, bit of a weird one for you there. I have this, most craft breweries brew an IPA because it is easier to brew and has a large market. However, most craft breweries go to session IPAs because it does not cost as much as double IPAs are mainly brewed by more established breweries because it is a lot more expensive to brew and the profit isn't as high. So it seems to be more of a thing that these well-established breweries are able to take a potential hit on it, on that very high um, double IPA, just in case, whereas some you won't see that with some of the lesser established breweries. Yeah, and I guess going over to Nally, you're kind of the, the home brewing expert of us. Like, It's probably a lot more challenging to brew a double. Like, I imagine there's more risks and you know you have to be more nuanced with the flavour, etc. Do you? Well, unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to brew a double yet, but I imagine, you know, going off what, I, what, what I've looked up, it's, it's, it, it would be more difficult. I mean, just the cost of the ingredients alone is, is, is higher. So whether you're making it with additional sugar, fermentable sugar, or you're making a higher grain bill, you know, sometimes some homebrew equipment, it's very hard to be able to, to make a double IPA because you might be able to, your equipment might be able to handle the weights of a massive grain bill. So that, that, that can can hinder the process i guess i think down the line maybe um we'll have to review a batch from yourself and walshy nally when you get back to brewing yeah <laughs> what could possibly go wrong me and mark can do the review and i'm just slaty <laughs> we're totally impartial observers i haven't written down all the slights i've gotten off walshy from this podcast to be brought back later have i at all no i'm not holding a sheet of a4 paper with the walshy slags he's given me in front of the screen right now on this video podcast have i can um, I say I would like us to kind of get down the IPAs first before we try to tackle something like a double <laughs> like I established said earlier me and Nally I wouldn't say we're uh, an established brewery either so uh, maybe give us a little while before we get there go hard go hard or go home okay, fair <laughs> enough we're going home so <laughs> Uh, well, look as as you've stated, like double IPAs bring us a lot of hops in the in the mix. So, um, unfortunately, hops are linked to um, man boobs and are a known diuretic. Uh, and just to get all technical, I believe it's gynecom- gynecomastia. Did I get that right? Yeah, nailed it. Nice. Yes. Good job, Kinger. Um, yeah, gynecomastia is the proliferation of fat around the chest area in men. Um, now. To be fair, you said that they're a diuretic. That's actually a good thing for me. You know, they treat two diseases. They're a diuretic to treat people with uh, bowel problems. You know, so they help you pee, 
and they are also treat insomnia so anyone who's suffering from a lack of sleep you know there you go and i think all of us can attend or sorry i think all of us can attest that after we've had a couple of beers you know sleeping and pissing are two of the our favorite things to do it's not a problem <laughs> yeah i mean that that sleeping part is great my only problem with that is the waking up after especially if you've had a couple of double ipas <laughs> <laughs> well, Nally, they treat that as well, but you just have to be brave enough to stomach the first one. Can't get hung over if you don't get sober. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and on that note, um, Nally, you picked our double IPAs this week. So where are you bringing us? Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got uh, two double IPAs this week. We've got Double Jack by Firestone Walker. And it's one of the, it's one of the earlier um, double IPAs that was was made it's from brewed over in california it's actually one of the ones um that's on the 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 general list as considered for uh, double ipas the other one is uh back to galway bay galway bay brewery we were there with the red ales episode for their bay ale oh shipping peanut nice um so this is their <laughs> foam and fury double ipa so both of these are uh their the double jack is 9.5 and the foam and fury is 8.5 so what I figured is, why not start with the Double Jack since it's considered one of the you know original double IPAs and let's see, let's kind of see where this all started from. Yeah. So before we jump into this Double Jack, um, it's actually listed by the BJCP, uh, which is like the International Brewing Judge Association or whatever, as one of their named double IPAs. So at the start of each episode, we give you guys a named beer that we all know. Um, the BJCP give like five for each category and this is one of the double IPA categories so it's been around a long time and it's really established brew. Okay, crack them open. Have we all gone small glass? Have we? Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's got the smaller glass today. <laughs> Jesus. Coordination boys. It's where we did research. So I suppose we'll kick us off. Uh, this is the Double Jack by Firestone Walker. Uh, the Firestone Walker Brewing Company, they're based over in California, like I was saying, and this is a nice uh, 9.5% beer. So, you know, a couple of these, and I'm sure you'd be feeling them, so you will. So That's a good, strong, hoppy smell, isn't it? Like, straight away, as soon as you crack it. I do like the smell, but you can definitely, you can nearly smell the strength of it as well. Yeah, I definitely see the hops in it and the strength, but like, I also get this kind of citrusy feel off of it, which is, is very nice as well. I got that too. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, so that that comes from the hops they use in it. They actually use a lot of um, newer school hops in them, so they do, which is uh, which is giving it that kind of um, more citrusy kind of smell. So it is. Um, what they have as well is they have uh, it's it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of amber in color. I wouldn't say it's very light. It's kind of amber in color, so it is, but it's super clear, like you can see straight through that beer. That's, it's two things that have surprised me because I'm a massive fan of doubles, um, double IPAs. So, like, the ones I'm used to are fairly um, hazy. Like, you're not seeing through them. They look more like a juice. Um, this is, like, very carbonated looking and it's very see-through. It looks more like a... Like, it looks like a cider, I think. Yeah, I definitely see that. Like, it's a cider kind of larger kind of look to it. Especially, it, it seems to hold a little bit of a head, but not a massive one. So yeah, I'd go nearly like larger with this, but definitely agree. The smell is is pervasive though. 
Like this whole room I'm in is now filled with a smell, and it's it's yeah. it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's one of the things that um they really tried to get with with double IPAs. They really try and pack in that hop flavor, so they do, you know, to to kind of. I suppose it's to try and balance out the alcohol because it's a higher percentage. It's just a absolutely bang you in the face with that hot flavor. The thing with yeah. uh, with du- double IPAs and IPAs is um, when when they're made, you're you're best off to try and drink them sooner rather than later. Double IPAs don't tend to age really well because the the hot flavor and the hot aroma that's in there, and um, mainly the aroma that that tends to you know tends to dissipate and disappear off the beer pretty quick. So you kind of aiming for the first two two months it's not like a it's not like a stout that you're gonna you're gonna barrel age for a year or whatever you're gonna try and get these in and out fresh which was kind of a problem that they had in the early days of craft beer because people had stock shelves and stuff but they didn't know they needed to be done quickly so in regular bars they just have cans sitting there for ages and someone try it it'd be capis and then yeah not going back to it yeah so throw this over to you, Kinger, because like you'd be kind of considered our double IPA expert in this, but this is a super crisp mouthfeel. Like it's a very mm. dry beer, and my experience of double IPAs has been that they're, uh, you know, quite viscous and they kind of linger in the mouth a-, a while after you finish drinking it. Yeah, I um, this is a confusing one. Like because coming into it, uh, we were saying that it's it's seen as one of the standards of double IPAs, and maybe the double IPAs that I'm used to, uh have all been very different to this 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 is um it doesn't taste as strong as the other ones that i've tried but i can i can definitely see that if i had two or three of these i'd probably be starting to call it a night <laughs> like it, it does feel quite strong but it, you know i think the thing as well though um what it could be kinger is um so this being one of the more original double ipas it's a west coast style ipa so those West Coast IPAs are, um, they're they're kind of clearer and more see-through. They're more the original IPAs. So nowadays everything's moving on to like New England IPAs, which is that more hazy IPA, and more cloudy. So I suppose maybe maybe the reason we're seeing a lot more of the cloudy double IPAs is they're basing them off the New England IPA recipes, and then upping okay. the alcohol or hop percentage to to keep that haze in there, really. Uh, can I just say about this can? So normally we talk about the cans and either oh they're plain or they're really um, elaborate designs. This is like fairly standard beer design. It's like a grey can with a green rim. But considering I my fact earlier on was about like the Russian Imperial Age to the English Imperial Age, I'm just going to point out that this can has a bear fighting a lion. So that kind of represents you know Russia versus England. Who's going to win? I don't know. It, I think it represents more the fact that if you have enough of these, you'll probably feel like you can take on a bear or a lion at the end of the night. <laughs> Lads, I'm 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 confused by this beer. I have to say, I, I'm 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 super confused by it. I was expecting something really, um, a lot. Again, the the double IPAs that I've tried have been f- like fruity. There's, there's there's a fruitiness I think which which is there to cover up the amount of alcohol in them, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I know I know I was saying earlier that they use some of the new, newer hops in this, but it is also like heavy on old school original American hops, so like yeah, Chinook, Cascade, Simcoe, those kind of hops. So it's kind of more floral and like piney, as opposed to you know if you have newer stuff that's like I don't know Citra, Galaxy, Amarillo, that are more fruit flavored. So it gives you that kind of more like a piney, resiny kind of taste rather than 
uh, tropical kind of fruit type of stuff. It is like slightly heavy as well, which is not, this isn't a, a criticism of the beer, but I guess with double IPAs, they do feel a little bit more substantial when you drink them purely based on the alcohol content. You know, this is this is 9.5%, man. This isn't far off wine. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite substantial feeling when you're drinking it. I just want to point out that Nally has absolutely swamped it. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta make sure I get it in before the next one, you know? Wise, wise, very wise. I was just going to say um, that I've had, from recollection, three double IPAs. And two of them I found very heavy, nearly like a meal, where I've struggled to finish it, and one that I've very much enjoyed. So I was very hesitant going into this whole episode and I didn't know how to feel about it. Um, I I actually really enjoy this. I mean, I think you kind of get that nearly citrusy taste at the beginning, but you can taste that strength. And I think at the very end, you kind of get hit by that little bit more strength at the end. But I think even because it's in a smaller can as well, which I think helps a lot as well. Instead of some of them bigger cans can be a bit more of a struggle. I've had one or two that I've found it hard to get through. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree with you completely, Walshy. I think the two things you said there really hit home with me. The lovely citrusy smell at the start, and then it's, it's kind of it's not overpowering or whatever as you're drinking it, and also that the can size is quite small. You know, I think this. I liked it from the moment I smelt it. I was um, very happy with the taste, and you know. Normally these things are nice at the start and a little bit of a struggle to finish off. But I think this is a very enjoyable beer. And as Kinger called Nally out on earlier, Nally's absolutely swamped this. It's gone in about 30 seconds with him. So I'm assuming he's enjoying it. Um, so before Kinger gets onto our rating system, I know where I'm going to land. So Kinger, do you want to tell all the listeners for the ninth time what our rating system is? I will, of course, yeah. Uh, of course, our uber-scientific rating system on the Crafty Crew here is 1 to 5, and it starts at unbearable booze. 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 Beer. Brutiful and unbelievable, Jeff. So, um... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold judgment. I'm gonna let you guys take the lead on this, because I'm, I'm super confused by it, so... Um... Let's go Mark first. Yeah, so I'm gonna, like, drop in hard on this... I'm dropping in hard on a beautiful. This is really nice beer. Lovely start to it. Pleasant aroma. Pleasant mouthfeel. Delicious taste. Not too strong. Uh, it keeps it salty for a double IPA, which is hard to do. Because a lot of these things, you know, they do... They taste hazy. They look hazy. They're substantial going down. This still gives you the kick, but it's not overpowering. So I think there's a reason this is a standard for doubles. And I can see why it is. So I'm going to go beautiful. I'm I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I do lean brutal myself. Uh, I d- I do for some reason think that if it was a big can, I might go down a little bit more because I don't know if I'd get through a full four forty mil. And that goes kind of for every double IPA. To be perfectly honest, with you. for me anyway. But uh, yeah, no, it's brutal for me. I'm really enjoying it. That's a very harsh way to rate something, is to go, <laughs> if you give me more, I was marking you down. Yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah it sounds a bit odd, Ari. Uh, the two lads have given it a brutal, and, you know, it's that's their, their fair ratings. I'm going to say it's beer, but it's leaning towards brutal. Like, it's it's definitely above just beer, but it's not quite brutal for me. I've had other 
double IPAs that I prefer to it and they've been kind of brutal and not unbeerleavable so I'm not going to put it in the brutal category it's in just beer for me but it is leaning that way so I mean Kinger unless you slate this beer I reckon I know where this is going (laughs) (laughs) well I mean look as it's been well documented on the Crafty Crew podcast I'm very generous when it comes to my rating sometimes especially when it comes to doubles I've got a lot of double IPAs on my untapped that I have hit five or at least a 4.75 um and maybe that's why I've been harsh on this I definitely wouldn't put it down as a booze I I would say it's it's beer it's just beer I like I don't see anything special about it and maybe it's just because of what I'm used to but I don't like the over carbonation that I that I I I'm tasting with it and I, I the aftertaste lingers a bit too much for me if I'm honest so it's not a bad beer, so I can't give it a booze. I would say it's just beer. Sorry, Dolores McNamara, talking about things lingering, huh? Okay, what I'm going to say to you is that's two for beer and two for Brutiful, and we always round up. It's going to be Brutiful. I'm also, very, I just want to point out, I'm very happy that the well-known Irish singer Dolores uh, McNamara, did you say? <laughs> yeah. No, Dolores O'Reardon. Uh, O'Reardon. Ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me. Let I was going to let you. I was going to let you slide for a minute there. No, no, uh, not a whole. Really? Not, not a whole. Slide. No, let not a whole. Let me start that again. No, let me start that again. But so totally she, I, me and you, me and you had a moment while she. We did have a moment, moment and it was special. Where we beat the lads. Okay? Yeah, with Dolores McNamara. I have fucked up two or three <laughs> times Dolores so far, McNamara. and it's been left in. I don't think anyone. So knows. it's only fair. So there it is. Um, Double Jack from the Firestone Walker Brewing Company gets a brutal rating from the Crafty Crew podcast. Honda lads. Kinger, it's that time in the podcast and I want to call you out because like, I think it's time for a certain thing that you do every week. Uh, the last week, or apologies, it's, it's time for a certain thing you do every week that in episode five I, uh, I sang in on. And I haven't heard the end of it from these three lads, so I'm not singing in this time. I'm deliberately talking you into your question. What's your question, Kinger? So, seeing as it's double IPA week, right? And bear in mind that all my questions are pretty stupid, right? What two styles of beer would you mix that would still taste nice? Have you ever had a snake bite? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. like, <laughs> let's get creative, like... <laughs> I thought it was pretty creative back in the day, man. <laughs> Septic. Oh, um. I haven't tried it. Um, it might be a thing already, but a milkshake stout. Is milkshake stout not a thing? No, no it's, I, it's I, a milkshake IPA. But I feel like so milkshake, milkshake stout might be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm saying I wonder, is it a thing? No, I, I guess, I guess milkshake uh, stouts are kind of a thing. Because what they do to get that milkshakey kind of flavour is they put a lot of lactic acid, or not lactic acid, lactose into the beer to give it that milkshakey flavour. Um, so milk stouts do the same thing. They put a lot of lactose in it to give it that kind of milky flavour, creamy flavour as well. So they might be milkshake stouts, maybe? I do see where well she's coming from, though. So I kind of think, you know, you get that lovely milkshake IPA taste, which is like a Caribbean kind of, like, fruity flavorful taste with the nice creaminess of a stout which was like if you think about a milkshake like a good milkshake has a lovely fruity flavor and a lovely creamy taste so i see where he's coming from with the creamy of the stout and the flavor of the ipa so 
I don't think they quite have what he's talking about. So I think that's fair enough. And you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Walsh up on this. And I think that's a great show. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I mean, if you mix a session IPA and a double IPA, do you just get a normal IPA? These are the hard hitting questions on the Crafty Crew podcast. I mean, but uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. No, I guess. Can I wrong. can I answer for Nally? I feel like yeah. he'd want to put a double IPA with a triple IPA. <laughs> now we're talking. And now have a talking. quintuple IPA. Oh, beautiful. I didn't know you knew a word like that, Walshie. Hey, progress. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, seriously, I think uh, something that'd be really nice would be, well, mightn't be nice, but it'd be, it'd be nice to try. Um, you know, we had the Red Ales there a couple of weeks ago. Um, they were kind of, they were easy drink, but they were kind of, they're kind of like caramelly or something, caramelly toffee kind of flavor. Yes. You know, you could if I think mixing them with maybe maybe a Belgian beer that has that uh, that kind of banana flavor in it, kind of coming up with like a banoffee banoffee pie type of thing might be that might be interesting. Just just to try it, like yeah. keeping it with that more malty fat. I, I know I know Belgian beers don't tend to be very hop heavy or anything like that, and they tend to be malty anyway, but they tend to be higher ABV. So trying to keep it with that low ABV and getting all those kind of banana esters from the Belgian yeast might be might be something cool. Yeah, I've had a little bit of time to think about it now. Um, the more I think about it, the more confident I am. I would drop a nice, strong sour, which while she's going to have a bit of a smile on his face of. Sorry, <laughs> which while she's going to have a bit of a smile on his face with. I'm going to drop a sour on a nice, steady lager. So for me, it would be something like a Boyne Valley lager. Lovely lager, like nice alcohol content and then drop a little bit of a sour flavor to that so you keep the crispness of the sour with a lovely flavor you combine that with the crispness of a lager and the nice smooth drinkability and you've got a summertime drink that's absolutely delicious and that you're begging for more of i shit you not i was going to say the exact same thing i swear to god (laughs) no in fact i would i would drop i would drop a dirty big green zebra into a nice lager that's like as I was thinking of this question, that's what I was thinking as well. So I'm annoyed that you got there before me because now it sounds like I'm just copying you. But um, you'll just have to take me on my word. But <laughs> um, at the same time, Kinger, our friendship has blossomed by that uh, developing fact. That's that very true. We feel the same very way true. about something. Radio. That brings us to double IPA numero two. Nally, what are you bringing us? Yeah. So here we go. Back to Galway Bay. Back to your home place. Um, yup. This is uh, back there after after the Red Ale one. Ah, Galway, the California of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. The epic sunshine. I mean, I suppose there's surfers there, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so much wine grown in uh, Galway, Kingers. <laughs> hippies, a bunch of hippies, a lot of us. <laughs> Crushedies. <laughs> Can I just say, Kingers calling everybody uh, hippies that he's wearing a very psychedelic t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is the Galway Bay Brewery uh, of Foam and Fury. It's their double IPA. It's 8.5%, so a nice hefty beer. Um, yeah, uh, Mark, the can is pretty good, though. I know you liked their one when we did the Red Ale episode of the uh, Bay Ale, Red Ale Bay Ale. Um, yeah, I definitely, I gave them a lot of compliments. It was like uh, a load of hermit crab shells on a, this psychedelic background. And this is something similar, a nice psychedelic background with a kind of Chinese dragon look on some of them, although some of them just look like long fish. It's a bit weird, like, but I love the name of, of Foam and Fury, you know? 
that's class. It's a cool name. Um, S- sounds like me and you, Mark, but I don't know which is which. Who's Foam and who's Fury? <laughs> like, it really is. And can I just throw out there, like, I wonder if it's inspired by that book from The Insider. So there was this book released by a guy who left the Trump administration called Fire and Fury. And I wonder if Galway Bay are, are subtly referencing that or if it's something else. I don't know. Maybe someone from Galway Bay can message the podcast and let us know. You never know. Okay, crack them open. It's definitely foamier than the last one. I was going to say, yeah, so I think I know where it gets the foam part from its name anyway. I'm hoping the fury is not just an absolute assault on the senses. <laughs> kicking you in the face, like. The taste is a little more sour, or a little more malty, maybe, than the last one. Not to say it's bad, but the, the kind of aroma I'm getting off of it, it's not as pleasant as the Double Jack. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Yeah, I think it's a bit more kind of, if the last one was kind of piney and um, piney and kind of florally, it's it's definitely more like citrusy or like a stone, like a grapefruit or something kind of smell off it. I'd like to say the carbonation is way less intense, and this is the kind of haziness and kind of syrupiness that Kinger you were talking about earlier that you're more used to with double IPAs. Yeah, and you, like before I tasted even like I actually I think I prefer the smell of this one. It's way more familiar in terms of a double. Um, yeah, I'd be the same, man. I I think this is um, this is more, not so it's not so much familiar, but I I kind of prefer it. It's more citrusy, more, I don't know, more kind of fruity smell than the last one. I think, but once again, I think that's that's from the style. It's it's not a West Coast. <laughs> Ironic, isn't it? It's not a West Coast uh, double <coughs> IPA, but it really is a West yeah. Coast double <laughs> IPA. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> I have to say, I absolutely love the taste of this. It's like a range. It's, banger, isn't it's it? a range of emotions. You start with this sharp fruitiness, and it moves through to this kind of. It's less sharp, yeah, but you get this kind of sweet fruitiness towards the middle, and then towards the end, you get like a sweet and sour almost vibe off of it when it leaves your mouth. Wow! If this holds up, I am super impressed with Galway Bay. Yeah, like I'm, I, I like already. I'm a, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of this. I have to say. Um, it, yeah, it, it is way less carbonated, like you were saying earlier. It ho- seems to hold the head a lot more as well, which I don't know if that's linked. Maybe there's a reason that it's less carbonated, but it holds more of a head, or I don't know if there's a science behind that. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's some kind of science behind that, Kicker. I, I don't know. I reckon it's probably, though, it's slightly lower alcohol. Okay. So with higher alcohols, like, you know, like if you have a whiskey or something, there's zero head on whiskey. Yeah, but if you have a really, you know, if you have you tried to pour a can of a session IPA, they're that lower alcohol that they, they just get pure foam sometimes if you do it yeah. wrong. Yeah, so true, that true. it could be that. Okay, I was just going to say first off, do we need to give Mark a minute there? He got uh, he went a bit mad there for a second. Are you okay, Mark? No comment. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, first taste, I was on the fence because it felt like take the ta- initial taste. Nice and sweet, enjoyed it, but I feel felt like I was packed. I was hit by a lot, but once I've had two or three sips, very nice, very nice. Really enjoy that. I I I, I get the thing. The the double IPAs that I enjoy are you know when you drink maybe a rum or a whiskey. There's that like like a little bit of warmth in your chest that you feel. Like I I feel like a good double IPA replicates that. I don't know why. It's obviously the alcohol, but um. I didn't get that with Double Jack. I get it with this, and um, 
like I have to say I'm 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 actually blown away by this one to be fair yeah I wonder it's a strange one that you're saying you get it with this and not the double jack considering this is the lower ABV yeah. the two the two like you know yeah I guess maybe the double jack is a bit more rounded out in terms of um finalizing the flavor from the brewery and this is maybe. maybe this is just a bit newer and they haven't really rounded out those sharp edges but you know sometimes those sharp edges are nice and I have to agree with Kinger you get that nice heat in the back of your throat don't you when you sip on yep. this like uh, like a nice whiskey or something like that obviously nothing to the same extent but that nice little <laughs> tingle that's telling you hey you're drinking something strong tonight buddy just a bit of a happy warmth I think um, one one reason why I probably enjoyed the double jack so much is it it uh, it was nearly very familiar to a standard IPA or even the citrus because it had that taste to it that I'm familiar with. And you were talking about with this king uh, that it has that kind of warm feeling that you'd get from a whiskey. I'm not a f- I'm not a whiskey man. I, I can't get on board on them at all for whatever reason. And that's probably why I've always struggled with do- double IPAs. And them one or two that we've had, me and you have had a disagreement about one in particular that I can't get on board with. Maybe it's th- maybe that's the reason. It's because it, I'm not... I, that warm feeling that you get from a whiskey kind of a drink is not something I'd be used to, you know? But uh, no, and okay. I, I do get that a small bit and it is actually very nice. I... I think we all knew that I was heading where I was heading from the, the the earlier interruption comments. I am going to have to slam this down <sighs> as a brutal side Mark, of brutal, Mark, but Mark, a brutal. You are, you, hang on, hang on, right, right, hang on. So it's time to um, rate Galway Bay Breweries of Foam and Fury. I want to go last. I know why you're going to last, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to start it off very, very positively. I think this is the podcast's very first unbelievable Jeff beer. Unbelievable Jeff! <laughs> it's so, a bold claim, and I know you all think that I'm like super positive when it comes to ratings, but I have to say it's it's this is the best beer we've had so far. So yeah, I'll, I'll go next and just say, Walter, you should go next. Uh, you should definitely give your rating next. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think because this suits suit this suits Kinger the doubles. I could see where he's going. Uh, as someone that this isn't someone that leans towards the doubles, I still think it's beautiful. I I really do. Uh, I I would not go that far. Just because it's not my genre of drink, I don't think I could drink a lot of them because they are very heavy. But I'd still put it at a brutal. It is nicer than the double jack. But I don't think by a huge margin. Nally? Yeah, that's fair enough. So, so um, for me, it's a really, really, really nice beer. But it's not... I don't think this is our first unbeer leaveable. I think it's a brutal beer. But I don't think it's quite our first unbeer leaveable. I feel like I feel like when we hit our first unbeer leaveable, it's going to be three of us going, yeah, that's that's... That's that's it. That's the one. It's just not. It's it's. Uh, this sounds like I'm slating the beer. It's still class. Like this is still an unbelievable <laughs> beer. This is really yeah. good beer. It's really, really tasty. Really, really good beer. But it's not unbearable. It's brutal for me. That's where I am. That's where I am on it. 
That's fair. I think, look, for, for someone who, like myself, who's a massive double IPA fan, I'm, all, I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased. And for someone like Walshy, who's not exactly a massive fan of them, for him to give it a brutal rating, I think, is a testament to Goa Bay Brewery, to be fair, you know. So, you know, it's probably fair. The big decision, though, rests with Mark. Where is he going to go with this? And I'm just going to throw this out there to any of our listeners who care. Probably none of you. But I'm going to throw it out. I'm the most negative marker on Untapped, so my average score is lower than all the other guys. And for this brewery, all I have to say is this. You can't see me, Crafty Crew on Tap Writing System. This is an unbelievable Jeff beer. Okay, this beer, oh, it's, it's, I have to say, it's not smashing its way through the door, but it's getting up there just enough for me that I'm going to say this thing right here. For me, it's rounding up, and that means that Walshie and Ali have to, have to suck their lips and be quiet for a while as... Well, she very he looks very angry right now. Well, she he's not. But happy. he is not happy at all. But I'm gonna not stop talking. His voice stopped talking. While she gets to talk, and we nobody wants to hear that right now. <laughs> this beer has this lovely tropical fruity scent. It's got that lovely sweet taste at the start. The sweet taste in the middle. The nice sweet and sour kick at the end. The bitterness isn't too strong. It rem- it retains its subtlety as a double IPA. Nice and hazy, yet still quite smooth, which double IPAs tend to struggle with. And I think King me and you are going to drive this home. Unbelievable for the Galway Bear Brewery. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I don't really have any arguments with it. Like I said, it's a class beer. I've, you know, I've, I said I didn't feel it was our first unbelievable. But I mean, this is how the system works. I would like to point out, though, that I did pick the double IPAs this week. So I am showing no, that up did. as my yeah. win. Yeah. So, Good shout. You know, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with you because I'm talking that up as a win. But uh, no, definitely, it, it is a class beer. It is. It is really, really good. You know, I. I it was just. It, for me, it was just that it didn't blow everyone. Everyone kind of way. Three out of four, is kind yeah. of what I was thinking. And it's fair. It's. But this is how we've decided, and this is why the system is so important. The crafty crew rating system is so important because it should always go up. This is why I passed a lot of my tests. You rate higher. <laughs> Round up. <laughs> Round up. Okay, look. Um, <clears throat> Go Bay Breweries of Foam and Fury Double IPA gets the podcast's first ever unbelievable Jeff rating. So a quick round of applause. <laughs> Woo! Skip. Okay, well, I'm on an absolute high after that first unbelievable Jeff rating on the Crafty Crew podcast. Yes, let's Woo! get her done. Get her done. <laughs> okay, listen. Question number two. As I like, I should have a warning for all these questions. They're incredibly stupid. And I, like, please, by the way, Mark, if people have questions for the podcast, where can they uh, find us? Crafty Crew podcast. We're on Facebook at Crafty Crew podcast. Untapped at crafty underscore crew underscore podcast, crafty crew podcast at gmail.com, and anywhere you listen to your podcast, we should be there. Our main uh, source is our Facebook profile. So, guys, if you just come to Crafty Crew Podcast on Facebook, please, 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 questions on our wall, send us a message, you know, comment on a post. We have prizes yep. to give away, and we are waiting to give them away. <laughs> so, just uh, throw in a question, it'll be on a podcast. We'll let you know what episode it's on, and then we'll send you a prize. 
Okay, well, I actually got in, uh, inspiration uh, uh, for this question from my wife because she just said that she wouldn't pay more. She wouldn't pay, like, you know, an extravagant price. She likes a cocktail. She wouldn't pay an extravagant price for a cocktail, and she knows that we all love our craft beers. What's the most you would pay for a craft beer? So, for me, uh, it's it's the one we mentioned at the start of this episode. I would, I would pay, I'd pay a good bit to try that uh, Russian River um, and Plenty of the Elder. I would, I would pay to try that. So I would, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, possibly even like 15, 20 beans for a 330ml bottle. Like, I really want to try that. So okay. I do. I was thinking 20 myself there, like that, yeah. And do you know what I have to say, right? Nally and Walshy, you can back me up on this or, or bounce back on this. If you were being given a craft beer you tried before, that answer is probably going to be like for a three thirty mil can or bottle. It's probably going to be like even six or seven euro for your favorite drink. Yeah. But when it's the drink of like you've heard so much about, or there's all this hope about it, or you you know people that keep talking about this and I haven't had it and I really want it, that's where you hit that like fifteen twenty euro margin. For me, it wouldn't be quite as high. It'd be like. I'd say 15 it'd be a hard limit I'd go with Walshy on that one so, you know weirdly enough I, I'm just agreeing with Walshy every, everything tonight <laughs> but uh, but I think I think that's such an interesting question because if Kinger if me and you sat here and talked about this amazing craft beer we've had that Walshy and Nally haven't had they'd be way more willing to pay to try that 100%. than if they had had it absolutely yeah so it's a very good question for such a small industry as well, well, obviously a growing industry, but like it's almost like some beers could probably charge what they like, like, you know. Yeah, I don't agree with that. If they wanted, <clears throat> I, I I don't agree with that. I think some beers beers can charge what they like to a point. You know, if you're some super exclusive yet uh, globally recognized craft beer, obviously you could make very small batches and charge high prices for those batches. But there's probably a lot more money in mass production and like a slight yeah. higher price so like yeah I, my, what i would point to this is like the mcgarrigal's range really solid craft beers high but they're a bit dearer than your normal craft beers like when you go to tesco mm. or duns or wherever you buy your craft beers but that you know you're getting good quality with them you know because yeah. they're a really good reputation and they're also very high in alcohol content which also helps um <laughs> <laughs> you know they're you're mcgarrigal by the end of the night yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm sure Nally has something to say on this, so I'll throw it over to him. Walshy just, <laughs> just winced under the microphone. <laughs> Nally, just before you go, I would like to throw out uh, a famous phrase that we've come out with over the last few, mon- few months. Uh, Mark, get out and walk after that. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, so just a quick one, King. Just on your question. Um, like, if you had a chance to buy metal beer solid again i mean like mm. for me i feel like that was your that was your top beer Pinnacle. of last year like, anyway, yeah. like where where are you going yeah. with it what price range are you looking at like if you have one last chance to buy a can of metal beer solid like i feel like that's going to be your max spend that you would spend on a can like that's that's where you'd go can i can i stipulate something with you really quick is it the last time i'll, I'll ever get it or will there be more yeah, it's yeah. a limited edition run, so it hasn't been hasn't been seen since, and I don't know if it's coming yeah. back. At auction, 
there is one can of metal beer solid left in O'Brien's in Athlone. <laughs> what is your limit? I mean, look, I, look. Obviously, we're not going to go mental and be like you know paying ridiculous money. Yeah. I would happily pay. I, I I would happily pay thirty quid for a can of that stuff. Like it's it's. I would like. I would. I'd pay thirty quid, That's and insane. I probably wouldn't drink it. That's insane. I probably wouldn't drink it. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, what I've, would you do? I've, Save it yeah. to your your firstborn child's confirmation or something? Yeah, an absolutely special occasion. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd I'd really agree with King there on that. Um, buying it something special and having it for say like, I don't know, keeping it for your kid's wedding or. I don't know confirmation or a no, big again, look, and again, I know birthday or something beer like that. Be gone off by then. Oh I, I'm, yeah, I'm aware of that. This is like a this is a fantasy question. Do you know, like you know what I mean? It's 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 not exactly tied to the world of realism. So I would say, Nally, based on your point when you were talking about the Pliny the Elder beer, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think there's a a thing I'd pay for not even the taste of the beer, for the the chance to try it. You know, and I think the chance to try it is double the price of the taste of the beer. And I think what I would pay is up to, I'd say, 20 euro max. That's what I'd put my hard limit on it. But there's so many beers that if you were a very, very clever clever marketing company, and if you were much cleverer than the recruiters on LinkedIn, you could probably make 100 quid off me a week by emailing me very <laughs> exclusive uh, craft beers that I would like to try. Exclu- exclusive beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> would you like to try Brewdog's Punk exclusive? <laughs> Galahad. I'll pay Galahad, brand new. <laughs> I'm after looking up a beer here, and um, we were ta- I, we, we spoke about it before. Yeah, but look, give me a minute. Give me a second. It's actually from Brewdog called Sink the Bismarck. And I went on to a Redon site to find out a price for it. And it's coming up at $95. Ooh. Now, I would not <coughs> pay $95, which would be to uh, 100, 105 euro. But I'd happily go in on with three or four lads just to say that I've tried that. That also has an ABV of 41%. Yeah, so I mean that's that's fair. I think the only thing with that though is, so I think the difference between when when we're talking about trying a craft beer here in this case, and how much we're willing to pay is is very much down to, you know, we're talking about more of an everyday type of thing, like that. Sink the Bismarck or Tactical yeah. Nuclear Penguin is a limited edition run that they're only made once. Also, I mean, when you go up to that percentage of beer, the taxes you have to pay are way up up there as well. Like that's why you're not seeing. A two fifty bottle of whiskey, whereas you can get a two fifty can of beer, so yeah. it, it it's in proportion to it. Like I mean, it's the it's the exclusivity that comes with making a limited edition run, and the higher ABV range as well. I mean, look, I think we we were saying it earlier. I think the best the best for me, anyways, is anywhere up to about twenty quid. I mean, if it's something I'm desperate to try, like for example, Plin the Elder, Russian River that we were talking about earlier on. I might stretch to 30, but unless it's something really high alcohol and like you say, we're splitting it between two or three of us. It's not something I'm going to go mad on. It's not something that it's not something that you can store for a happy years and you're going to make profit like whiskey or wine or anything like that. It's not it's not along those lines. Yeah, I don't I don't see it being a thing. It's like if you're in a bar and you see one at the back there and it's 30 quid for a bottle, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have three or four of them. 
beers and you're over a hundred quid in the hole, you know. And even those type of beers, like you're not gonna split them with one or two people, because like who splits one beer with three people? Like, you don't do it and feel good about it, you know. If you do it, you might do it, and then you're like, hey, I had to get two other guys in on this to try it. So screw this beer; it's getting a bad rating off me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where it is. That's where it lies. It's 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 a that's a really good question though, Kier. I feel like that might be your best question yet, and you know maybe we do get to hold off that GoFundMe page for an extra week. That finally brings us to an end for this week's episode of the Crafty Crew Podcast. Finally. <laughs> uh, it's been a long process and the editing process might be even longer. Oh, so long. Sounds like a you problem. Um, shout out to Firestone Walker Brewing Company for their double jack and Galway Bay Breweries of Foam and Fury, which we can now officially say is the first unbelievable Jeff that we've had on the podcast. Um, Galway Bay Brewery super credit to you uh, if you want to join us next week it's Brown Ales and it's uh, who picked these ones guys Mark was it you no it was Walchie sorry Myself. we're going with Larkin's Gingerbread Brown Ale and we're going with Lock Gill's McNutty which I'm very excited about I have to say um, have you had it before King or have you no I've never had oh, it before interesting never yeah and that's the way it's going to stay so until then it's a goodbye from Mark a goodbye from Walchie a goodbye from Nally and a goodbye from myself Kinger see you next week <laughs>